listeners thanks for joining colors of the mind i really appreciate it i just want to give you one or two things just to share with you before you carry on firstly just ignore the sound from my side i'm trying out a mic and it wasn't that great but you can still hear me and you can hear the wonderful conversation that i had with ilsa baker secondly there are also one or two moments during recording which we lost connection but other than that that's the only two technical issues that i've had (laughs) and considering this is my third episode i'm not too i feel quite good about it so yes so carry on listening enjoy and enjoy learning more about colors of the mind Hey everyone, you are listening to Colors of the Mind, a podcast dedicated to my weird and wacky thoughts about life. And today I have a fantastic guest. Her name is Ilsa Baker. She and I were friends uh, from my Stellenbosch University days. And we just always used to just bump each other into this and just chat about anything. So hence why she's on this podcast with me. So, hey girl. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it's another sort of bumping into you for the situation. Exactly. So, exactly. <laughs> tell me a little bit, or tell the listeners at least, a little bit about yourself and what you're up to. And, yeah, let's just get into okay. it. Okay. All right. Uh, my name is Ilsa Baker, and I am a learning support teacher. A few years ago, you would have called it remedial. Um, I have my master's degree uh, in education, and I'm one of three children. I'm the eldest. Um, I've also just turned 30, and yes, I'm married, and no, I don't have any children. <laughs> no, you do have children. You have two little boys. Uh, two, two dogs, yeah, two girls. Uh, well, yeah. One girl, one boy, yeah. Well, one, yeah, one girl, one boy. Sorry, I don't know. Why did I assume they're both boys? I don't know. It's because Charlie is like a unisex name, so no one knows her gender really. You know. Oh, I see. Okay. So yeah. she's an angel. Here we go. <laughs> At least one of Charlie's angels. Um, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so you turned thirty recently, and I don't know how is it that you and I we spoke on WhatsApp about it. I don't know why and how we ended up speaking about it, but. What do you think, I mean, it, you are fairly recently 30, but what is it about this specific decade or this number that, like, first, what feelings does it invoke for you? You know, for the longest time, I was so excited to turn 30, and I was like, oh, when I'm 30, like, things are just going to fall in place for me, and to my dismay, things stay the same. <laughs> But I did feel I did feel this like immense pressure um to have children or to have uh, certain things done um because I'm I I would think I'm a very uh, childish thirty year old I mean I'm matured when I when I need to be but um I feel like being thirty in this day and age. And also being a coloured female, being city, I feel like there's so pressure, so much pressure on me to do things, and I'm just not interested in those things. <laughs> yeah, so so like society basically is telling us by thirty we should be married and we should at least have one baby and we should be working career adults. Am I correct? Exactly. Say that? Exactly. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah. and that's the kind of thing I also, I, I feel the pressure to, at least when it comes to having a career, like I feel like I should already have been in my career and I'm not, like I'm still studying, I'm still struggling through it all, you know, and yeah. I am not settled regarding my career and it's something that is, it bothers me like greatly and I mean, yes, I'm married and yes, I've got responsibilities, uh, like looking after my sick mom and things like that. However, I still feel like I should be working. And even though I did work and I know what it's like and I've been responsible as a working adult, not working kind of sucks, at least for me. I feel like I'm just not contributing to society in any meaningful way. So for me, turning 30 and not working feels very daunting. Um, it's quite, I feel very insecure about it, actually, to be honest. And I think that's something I'm going to uh, kind of engage with, that feeling of insecurity. I mean, that's I think I'm pretty, a big job. Yeah, I mean, I'm turning 13 July, so I still got, what, another six months or so? Months, yeah. <laughs> Seven, six months <laughs> to work on that. <laughs> but I, I don't think... know if this deal. <laughs> I don't know. But like, but like, I think people think like city is such like an or people maybe younger than us or also people older than us. People maybe think that um, city is such this like this very adult age and you should have so much things put together. But city mm. soul is quite young. Like you have time, you have real time to sort out things and to choose what you want. That's something yeah. that my, my late father told me because he was 29 when he got married and to my mom and he had just started working as a teacher and he always said to me that I shouldn't stress about that. Like he's like he only started his life really at 29, 30 and I, I, always, I always think about that and I say to myself yes and it was easy for him to say though because he was a man, you know, and yeah. even though I have young kids and I plan not to have it, there's just something different about being a woman of a certain age at a certain time and these expectations. And it's so easy to say, ah, oh, fuck expectations. Uh, you can swear, by the way, if you want to. But you can just say, fuck expectations, but it's easier said than done, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think this is my my whole like disagreement with having expectations. It's like, yes, people expect me to have my career. People expect me to have a few children by this age, whatever. But no one is offering help or advice or assistance. They kind of just tell you, go do this, go do this, because you're supposed to, because it's the right thing to do. And then I'm mm. like, what what exactly is the right thing? Like my life is completely different from yours. So maybe for you, having children is fine because you'll have help. But for me, yeah. if my husband and I decide to have children, we'll be completely on our own. It's not going to be exactly. all sunshine and roses. You know what I mean? Same. So I'm like, yeah, the the expectations, and that's awesome. But I don't, I don't think it suits everyone. And I think that essentially is that you know it doesn't suit everyone. But I just, this obsession of having to do things a certain way, you know, this whole perfectionist thing. For me, that's just interesting. I think people, I don't know why, what is it about our society specifically? Like, yeah, maybe if we can bring it down to just Cape Town, perhaps, South Africa. Yeah. What is it about our little microcosm of the world 
and what is the obsession? And maybe we can bring it down to even our culture, the Cape Colored culture. What is it about being a young woman who has enough smarts and intelligence to go to university, study, graduate, start a career, and then the next best thing, logical thing is marriage, children. And why are we obsessed with doing everything in the right way? And why? And I mean, that is a very deep question, I think, because that means yeah. we have to go back sometimes <laughs> in that thing, you know, because of Christian models and all of that, I guess, yeah. I suppose. But this is something like, that has been indoctrinated in us. Absolutely. And if you go against the grain, it's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? <laughs> you know? so. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because, so I, where I work, um, I work with many people, many women who are old enough to be my mom. And they're always questioning why I'm doing things a certain way. And then when I ask them, but why is it so important that I do something your way? They just tell me, no, because you have to. No one could, could actually ever give me a reason. It's so crazy, but it, for them, it's just the right way. But who decided this? I, th- that's my point. Like, who was the woman? I mean, if, you, if you're out there, please contact me because we really <laughs> need to sit and talk about this. Because it's yeah. not fair. Life has changed. Yeah. Technology has changed how we see things and how we interact with people, just in general. I mean, yes. Yeah. So the world is so much more globalized. And I think in that sense, models and what we decide to do in life has also kind of globalized. So why, and also why is it a problem for you? What I'm doing? Like, why aren't you minding your own business? I always ask, like, why are you watching me? My life is not that interesting. I know. Like, I wake up and I eat and I study and I go to gym and then I come home and I eat and then I read something and I go and I'm on my phone every now and then. Like, it's not that interesting. (laughs) So people like, especially when I went vegan, just almost three years ago went vegan and being vegan in a colored culture is quite taboo because there's so many um, layers of understanding that they have to eat certain things and I'm like that's fine but my health was at risk um, which they don't Mm. understand but it's also complicated because they when you offer when you're offered food in a colored home um, and to say no that's quite a big deal um, you're not mm-hmm. allowed to say no if someone offers you food. So um, when I went vegan, it was some, some it was something crazy to them. Like they couldn't just accept it was for my health. It had to be yeah. something else. Or and then people took it further. They were like, "Oh, you're vegan, so that's why you don't have children." And I'm like, "Are you serious?" Uh, so, to, what? so to do something, yeah, yeah, I faced questions like that. It was hectic. So to do something out of the norm, out of our culture, out of being a female. You face with all these questions, and I'm just asking, why does it matter? My life doesn't affect you. Just leave me off. <laughs> yes, I, without outing anybody in my family, but this was something I had with a family member, um, extended family, let me put it that way. Okay. But this person, <laughs> I don't want to out this person, but this person was asking me why um, another family member started to go vegetarian and how this family member was now losing weight and this specific person said to me 
that so-and-so has lost so much weight because she's not eating meat and she looks so ugly. And I said, she, okay. And I was like shocked. And I was like, you can't say that. And Are you joking? No, I'm not joking. And but considering where this person comes from and, you know, what period in the world they come from and that kind of thing. Okay, I'm totally giving it away. But anyways, <laughs> I wasn't that shocked. I was shocked at the same time because this person related her losing weight and not eating meat to being ugly. And I, I said... But this is somebody's lifestyle choice and there's other ways to get protein and it's a nutritional thing. And I understood why this person, so-and-so went vegetarian and I okay. completely like supported and stuff like that. Not necessarily health-wise, but she just felt like she wanted to. Okay. okay. But I said to the other person who said that she looks ugly, I said to her, you can't say that, you know, it's not very nice. Even though you're saying it to me and... I just said to her, it's not very nice to say that. And also, there's other, and then she was worried about her health and stuff. And I said, well, there's other ways to get protein, you know, there's a lot, you can yeah. eat in beans, in soy, in, you know, and you don't yeah. have to eat meat for, for protein and other, um, well, you don't have to eat meat specifically for protein. Yeah. So, but I was just shocked when I heard the, how out, and candid this person was saying that she looks ugly yeah. now. I was just like, you know, wow, okay. I think that's such a testament to the times and like how everything's changed because it's the same like when you become a certain age, you have certain expectations. But the expectations that were out there 50 years ago, 60 years ago, those don't mm -hmm. exist now. So for yeah. someone a bit older than me to come to come and put those expectations on me, without reason, mind you. It's just, it has me thinking, like, what what put those expectations in place in the first place? Because if you can't give me a reason, if you can't understand that it doesn't fit in now, then, like, was there reason behind the things that you were forced to do? And are you mm. forcing me to do those things? Just because I'm 30? Like, I don't understand. Exactly. So, yeah, so we've spoken about society's expectations and that kind of thing. But what do you think are your specific expectations individually? Because, I mean, did you ever imagine, like, as a kid, becoming 30? Personally, no. My age stops at 26, and I was never going to get older than 26. So, <laughs> and I still feel, I'm 29, but I still feel like I'm 22, 21, 22 sometimes, yeah. you know, I, I don't know, I just Same. can't get past, I can't get past, I feel like when I turn 30, it's going to be so unreal, and I'm just going to be like, you know what, I'm going to be those typical cliche women where I'm going to make my age like five, six years younger than what I am, um, <laughs> just because I want to cling on to my youth, I suppose, but did you ever imagine yourself being 30? And did you ever imagine what you would be doing or how you would be at 30? And yeah. Surprise yourself now, thinking about what you thought you would have been and what you actually are doing now. Oh, man, was I wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, because like growing up, I'm like, oh, my word, 50 years old. Uh, those people are such adults. They have it together, you know, like they have been mm. stuff together. And 
turning so b- before identity like when I was in my early 20s I was doing my undergrad and I was like okay I'm done with undergrad and it's honors and it's masters and then it's PhD and then I'm going to be doing this job and that job or whatever and because Salon Bosch's admin is strange right now in this pandemic um, I've not heard back about my PhD acceptance or rejection so I don't know yet um, mm. but it's not like my, my timeline that I had is destroyed <laughs> and yeah I thought it would be doing a different job something in office whatever but I've learned to like really love my kids at work um, because so for now I can't see myself doing being in an office like I thought I would have been when I was a D. Um, I thought I would have like a few children already running around the house and stuff. Um, but now that I am 30, I'm just like, I still feel so young. Do I really want all that responsibility? Because I still feel hmm. quite useful. Like you say, like sometimes I still feel 21, 22. And I don't, I can't see myself having all those responsibilities added to my, my life on purpose (laughs) so my expectations I had way back in the day um, they didn't really materialize except for not living with my parents Um, Mm. but that's just for another day Um, but it's just um, (laughs) but it's just so what I what I thought I wanted when it came to that time I just thought maybe not for me maybe not now and it's okay and it's actually okay with me that I didn't get to do all those things I'm actually at yeah. peace which is which is odd because I was so like head fast I have to have to have to have to have to because this is what mommy's telling me this was auntie's telling me this is what my grandma's telling me I've got to fulfill all these things that they're saying um, because by the time I'm 30 I must be settled I must be da 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 and I wasn't well not at all and I suppose for many of them they for asking themselves why but I feel like after studying for nine years I'm finally enjoying my life and I'm enjoying my financial stability and I'm enjoying my stable home environment and I don't think I'm ready to have that compromised yet Um, Mm. so my expectations and my reality now are two very different things and I'm okay Mm. with it yeah and you're and you're happy with the reality. It's even better than yeah. the expression, to a certain extent. Exactly, exactly. It was quite surprising mm. at first because um, I'm like, oh, I'm not having kids, and I don't want to right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah. So I don't know. It's it was an odd thing for me because I am very goal orientated, so much so that it could be almost to my detriment. But now getting older I think you just you find this peace and you realize things will happen when it's supposed to and it's okay yes yes yeah and that's the thing it is okay it is okay because I okay I had a very like strange idea what I would be doing by this time so okay I as a kid I used to love listening to not a kid I'm not a kid I was a teenager I wasn't a kid, I was a teenager. But I was heavy into jazz and stuff, and I always dreamed of, you know, studying psychology and then moving to New York. And then by the time I'm 30, I would already have my own practice with all my clients and oh. be in New York City. And I'd be, 
with my Mr. Big, you know, because I was also obsessed with Sex and City at the time. So I just had that idea in my head that I'm going to be that person. And I was so invested in that idea. Then I went to Stellenbosch and everything just fell out of the bush. <laughs> <That's old laughs> because I realized I do not like psychology as I thought I would. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I enjoyed it, but I was like, I don't know if I want to be a psychologist anymore. And I was so much more like into politics and writing. And I was like, you know what? Never mind this whole thing. Yeah. Plus, I just everything just changed. And I suppose that's the thing when you get into different life cycles, you know, everything just changes. Yeah. And I think that that's actually the key thing right now is that this last nine years in my 20s, you had to kind of be okay with change. But now heading wow. to the 30s, it's like, I don't know if I want too much change. And yeah. you speaking about stability really hits home to me because it's, this is a time in your life where you don't want chaos anymore. You don't want all this change. And yeah, yeah so anyway, so that was my idea of being 30. And now my reality, now 29 going into sliding into my 30s, because yeah. that's what I plan very quietly sneaky sneaky (laughs) (laughs) I just want to be quiet and just be stable and and when I say stable I mean mentally stable because I had a hectic year last year 2020 was a disgrace of a year for me but I think that was was the beautiful thing I had to go through some really painful moments Mm -hmm. in order to grow into this person that I think I'm going to really enjoy becoming into this next year and I think that's kind of exciting um I think so too I think you've learned a lot in your early 20s and like now decently um because I know a bit about you so I I understand from whence you came (laughs) and I think hopefully your cities will be a time of rest and just um easing into the things that you want because you've built such a foundation for yourself that I think rest is on your horizon pretty, pretty soon, you know. Um, sounds so amazing. I just want to rest. Like, I'm so tired. Yeah. My 20s are actually so tiring if I think about it. Oh, I don't want to think about it. Actually. But it's almost... Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know about you, but I never had the 20s people usually have. Like, when I was in my 20s, I had to do adult things that I wasn't supposed to be doing because Mm. of my home situation so now that I'm in my 30s and now that I'm a bit older and I'm a bit more matured and I think that when people are pressing me to do things I'm really just so tired of the pressure now that I just go do you know what just stop just leave me alone because you have Mm. no idea what I've been through and now you still want to put more pressure on me like you don't even know what I've been through so like, if you had known, you would just leave me alone. You know what I mean? Yes. So I think people also don't think think of that because it's not like we go around telling people our life story if they don't ask. But, yes. like, if they did know, they, they I think they would be a bit more understanding. But I think people maybe think <laughs> we grew up quite normally and we didn't. 
Yes. No, and that's yeah. the same with me. I mean, you know, like I was 22 when my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And so I've been basically dealing with this thing since then. And everything that I thought I would have been able to do in my 20s, which was build a career. Uh, I mean, I just graduated from journalism. And yeah. I was thinking, you know, about, yeah, yeah, long time ago. I'm going to use my 20s to build this career possibly and I'll be running around and writing stories and I'll be doing all these things and I couldn't I couldn't do that you know yeah. and I had to think about my mom everyone at yeah. the time was also applying to to, to do TESOL you know ESL and uh, to yeah. teach English overseas and I couldn't think about that so no. you know my peers were overseas and having nice holidays and I'm at home dealing with a sick mom. You had to be an adult. I had to be an adult, you know. And yeah. then I met Wilson and we got married. And then I had to become a wife again, which is also a level of adulting, I suppose. Hello, uh, girl. <laughs> uh, marriage. <laughs> oh. um, and so <laughs> that's a whole other kettle of fish. I know, I know. <laughs> that's for a whole other podcast. Um, for sure, so, for sure. So that was, that's the thing. And so I think that right now I've just, I've accepted that what my reality was in my 20s and that it wasn't exactly all fun and youthful alcoholic games. It was like really pushing the thing to the grind and being an adult, making adult decisions. And you and I both actually in the same boat, we were in our late 20s having to deal with the loss of a father and having to deal with that kind of yeah. grief where other 20 year olds were not I mean I was 26 when my father passed I think you were also 26, 27, yeah. 27 right yeah yes and so we were both in actually in the same kind of you know grief process where where uh, we had to deal with that and I don't know if people in the late 20s had to deal with grief in the way we had to deal with and yeah. losing somebody that we were quite close and, to and I think that's a heavy burden and responsibility and I feel like it ages you in a certain way because I was also taking care of my father um, he had lung cancer so I was taking him to chemo I was making sure he had everything he needed um, because things were complicated between my parents like they just got them divorced and I was in the middle as usual and so I had to do like taking mm. care of them and then he passed away and I had to take care of my mother because she wasn't dealing um, so I couldn't even grieve properly, you know. I couldn't even do it effectively. And I feel like that's also aged me. I don't know, maybe you feel the same. Like it just it changes you in a whole way losing a parent. And then also taking care of a parent. Yes, you do it out of the goodness of your heart, but you compromise so much. Like you say, you can't do your TFL because you have things at home you need to take care of or you know what I mean? So it compromises you quite a bit um, to be an adult when you're supposed to be enjoying your youth. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that that's, that is the, I suppose that's maybe one of the things that contributes to our depression yeah. was that we had to compromise so much of our youth in order to become these 50-year-old yeah. adults. And all of a sudden, um, we have to deal with loss, 
looking after another parent yep. who's sick and and having to take on those roles because we yeah. just have to. And like you and me, so many parallels here. We both are the yeah. eldest children. So now we have to yeah. deal with this. And, and if you we know, don't, and, no one actually will. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it puts so much pressure on Yeah. So, yeah, and I learned that I had to actually just be kind to myself regarding that. I had to just be like, you know what, you're doing your best. Don't try and be a perfectionist in this because you, you're not going to always get yeah. it right. You know, you can try your best, but you're not always going to get it right. But I had to learn the hard way. You know, I had to go through some deep, deep pits in order to learn that this is going to take some yeah. time. So, it definitely yeah. forces you to find time for yourself and to take care of yourself, even in the little things like catching a nap, if you can, because because you're constantly oh, like, I love, I love a nap, nap. <laughs> because you're constantly on like taking care of a parent and having all these expectations thrown at you at the same time. You always have to be aware of everything. Mm. So I don't know if it's the same for you, but like people talking to me or passing comments like, oh, Jade's pet geraak. And I'm like, oh, are you serious? Like, if I deal with this also. Oh. Um, so having outside people and then also taking care of a parent and making sure they're fine. Um, so you need to find moments to put yourself first so I feel like I'm going to lose my mind. And that's exactly the thing. And that's something I learned now this past few weeks, I will say weeks or two months. Because I've been on this journey of self-discovery, if I want to say it, or cheesy (laughs) and shit, but yeah, it's been kind of, I've been doing that, and I feel like I'm doing a complete 180, and just taking life by the horns and saying, you know what, I am going to love my life, and try different things until I find the right thing, and yeah, so that's what I'm doing. That sounds positive, that sounds really healthy, because... I don't know when you've done this if in your life. <laughs> no, I haven't. I actually realized this last night. Like we, I actually like we laugh about it, but it's, exactly. it's so sad because we've been seeing to other people all the time that we've actually neglected ourselves so bad. Like my, I neglected myself so bad. I was pre-diabetic and my doctor was like, you need to do something, you know. So wow. it's serious. Like people joke and they make funny jokes and be like, oh, you must have children now. You're getting old. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, you have no idea what I've been through. And this is actually the last thing on my mind. <laughs> Give me a little. Yeah. Yes. And that, that's how you, you, you touched on being pre-diabetic yeah. health. Health is such a, an important aspect. Um. And also you touched on it earlier, you say that what we've been through with the grief and losing a parent and having to step up, you um, you grow yeah. in that sense. But your health is is the last thing you think about, so then that becomes exactly. worse. So even though you're stepping up to the plate, you're taking on so much more, you end up forgetting about yourself, your mental health deteriorates, yeah. and you forget that if you... And you can't look after other people if you don't look after yourself. And I only learned that the other so day. This... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, you, you hear it. You hear it all the time, but you don't actually yeah. 
learn it. You don't actually, like you said, you only learned it the yeah. other day. And I can completely understand because I've been hearing it for the last, what, four or five years and or even longer, but I never actually learned the lesson until yeah. recently. So you have to look after yourself before anything else. And it's, it's like when um, we say, I mean, I went to a facility for some treatment, for mental yeah. health treatment, and they part of the recovery process, they say that you're going to lose everything if you don't put yourself and be selfish about your life and put your recovery first. You're going to lose everything that you put before your recovery. Wow. So if you're going to put, if you're going to put your, mother, your sick mother and your, your brother that's also trying to find his way, I mean, he's, my brother's in his 20s and he's trying to figure Same. out his way. And he's 22 now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if I'm going to put my husband first, my mom, my brother, my grandmother, everyone else that I deem important in my life before me and my recovery and my mental health, I'm going to lose all of that because I'm not looking wow. after myself. So I decided, you know what? Screw it. It is my life. I'm going to put myself before everyone yeah. else because I can't fall. I can't give out of an empty cup. I have to yeah. fall back. We're speaking very cheesy things here, but that's the thing. So, yeah, but anyway, but I think that this journey going on to Italy is going to be so exciting because we're actually going to be putting yeah. ourselves first, learning to live the life we want to live and actually realize like, hey, this is the person I am. Yes. And, and the other thing I want to actually post to you, like, do you think our personality changes much from 20 to 30? And into our thirties, or do you think there's some level of change? I think um, there is some level of change. I've definitely found myself being more assertive, and I'm a doormat by nature. Um, and I actually um, found mm. myself standing up to some people and saying no, which is something I never did before. Because as a brown person, saying no is like if you say mm. no, then we're not friends anymore. You know. Um, and I, yes. I was just, and I just decided because I'm tired of being the last person on my list. So if saying no or being assertive mm. means I'm going to lose you, then it's fine with me because that's the worst case scenario. Because yes. like your anxiety, your anxiety mm. always makes mm. you think, okay, worst case scenario is losing someone or death or whatever. And then I think before I become assertive or say no, I just think, am I okay losing this person for something so for such for such a small reason, then I think yes I am, and then I just make the decision and go. Mm. And actually, no, I don't want to do this for you. Or you know, so I've definitely found myself becoming more certain, yes. which I like. <laughs> mm. And and just being more yeah. brave to choose you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's something I struggled with before. I I was at a crossroads about four year four five years okay. ago. And I had to choose one path over other paths. And that was actually the first time in my life that I decided I'm going to choose something that I actually want, regardless of what the other people feel. And that choice was choosing to be with Walter. Wow. And um, yes, and like you know, and I don't know if my listeners know yet because I haven't actually said anything. But if people know me, I'm in an age gap yeah. relationship. 
And I had to make some decisions. And, you know, there were certain friends that I had to say, you know, I can't be friends with you anymore because I'm going to choose to be with them. Yeah. And unfortunately, I hurt people in that process and I realized that. But I know I would have been more unhappy if I chose these people, these friends over him. Because where I am in my life now, is so much better than where I was when I was friends okay. with them. And the person who I was, and this is a, qu- a pertinent question I asked myself was, what kind of person am I when I'm with him? And do I enjoy being that person? And what kind of person am I, am I with those people? And do I enjoy being with those people? Yeah. And my question was, I, I like myself when I'm with him. I like the person I am when I'm with him, not the person I am when I'm with these other people. And... That was so profound to me, but it took me so long to accept the decision I made and to say to myself and be compassionate. That's the thing, being compassionate. It took me so long to be compassionate with my soul, to say that you made the right decision. It wasn't a bad decision. Yes, you may have hurt the people, but you made the right decision for yourself for for once. Did you feel guilty when you decided this for yourself at first? Was it like something you had to, yeah? Yes. I felt I felt guilty. I felt bad for hurting the other person. Um, I felt bad that I I did something that would create that person that maybe would create that person pain. I don't know if it did. I don't know if it even. I don't. I don't even know if it did or didn't. But my point is that I cut this person out of my life and I moved on with mine and. I'm living a happy life now. And but at first it was I felt bad about it and I thought, hey, you know, I don't want to be that person that creates other people's yeah. pain. But then again, why am I concerned about whether or not I'm creating other people's pain and not concerned about yeah. my own pain? Why am I giving and myself putting yourself pain? first? <laughs> but that was a, that was only a very recent revelation and this situation happened what, four years ago? So three four years ago so and so yeah and that is something that I struggled with for a while but then eventually you just kind of let it go and I'm at the point where it's like it is what it is I'm glad I made the decision I made I'm very happy with where I am in my life and who I'm spending my life with and yeah and wonderful things can happen if you actually decide to choose yeah and it's so weird that we've been made I don't know I feel like I've been made guilty to choose myself because for so Mm. long like I'm in situations that I didn't choose like I didn't choose to take care of my parents when I was young I didn't choose to be you know what I mean and now that I'm I'm in a situation that I chose and people want to make me feel guilty about it I'm like not today Satan not today (laughs) not today but this is the thing I don't know why people like to make other people feel guilty i don't my get husband that. um i don't get elon it. actually says they make you feel guilty so that they can make themselves feel better and i think that's just but sorry it's sad, it's sad. It's because, sad. like you say my life is not that interesting <laughs> why on earth are you yeah. watching me why are you thinking about me like why are you using me to make yourself feel better? My life is really not that great. <laughs> I mean, like, it's okay. 
But like for you yeah. to use me to make yourself feel better, it's yeah. just like shame. I, I pity you, shame. Exactly. And uh, yeah. anyways, but uh, <laughs> but guilt is actually a very uh, interesting feeling, emotion. And I don't know, do you think that maybe in our cities we will actually be able to rid ourselves of guilt? Or do you think we're on the precipice of ridding ourselves I of guilt? I definitely feel getting there. Um, just because I'm learning that, like you say, you can't give from an empty cup. So it's almost like if I if I decide not to deal with the guilt, if I decide I put myself first, guilt is a consequence of putting myself first or saying no, whatever. That it's just a part of the journey and I don't necessarily mm. have to sit with it. I can move on. And like, yes, it's a part of the mm. process. And it's okay. It's yeah. normal. Like, if I don't feel the, I, I probably need help. <laughs> but um, it's part of growing. It's part of maturing. It's part of learning about yourself and learning who the true friends or family members are for yourself. Um, but I definitely think... Mm. I've done this Hello? and it's okay if they have a problem oh, they can tell me and it's fine and I have to let it go because mm. I cannot sit with unnecessary feelings I have a life to live now you know exactly and also the other thing is like we mentioned when other people feel guilty about i mean other people are making you feel guilty about your choices mm -hmm. right to a certain extent when you feel guilty because of what maybe other people say about your choices you are to a certain extent managing their emotions and, and that is not job. your job it's not your job or responsibility like, yes I, I may have caused you to be angry or whatever but your reaction is not my responsibility. Yeah, your insecurity <laughs> about my life is not your responsibility. Yeah. Your your feelings of anger or disappointment or whatever, it's not my responsibility. Exactly. I'm happy with the choice I made. And if you, and that's and if great. you claim to be Yay. so grown up, then you should be able to deal with this. That's just my feelings. Exactly. I might be a bit harsh here, but exactly. it's part of being city guys. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think so too. It definitely should be part of being pity because yeah. you sort yeah, of learn to prioritize your emotions. That's good. Um, yeah. Yes, yes. So, yeah, but anyhow, um, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want? I, I mean, there's so much we can talk there's about. Podcasts for another day. <laughs> It is. A, I think the marriage one should oh, be a good one. I think that will be interesting. <laughs> oh, this is okay. So let's delve oh, into hello. a little bit of a naughty side. So we in our thirties. Uh, yeah, we in our thirties. Do you think that being flirty with your significant other, being sexual, that kind of thing? Do you think it changes? I think it definitely does. I think we feel more feminine. We feel more womanly as women. Um, do you definitely feel there's a difference? Do you think that you feel different in your body 
not just in a yeah. sexual way, but in any way, you know, in a physical way, um, way. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let's <laughs> um, talk about that. So growing up, I had many cousins who didn't look like me. I looked very different. Um, they looked like they came from a magazine mm. and I looked like I did not come from a magazine. <laughs> and um, so growing up, being yeah. made aware of my difference and having always having been told like, because you look this way, you're ugly, you're not worth it, um, you're different and different is bad. Um, it definitely affected my self-esteem, which I carried into my marriage, um, always feeling like I wasn't pretty enough, like I was ugly, like... There was always something wrong with how I looked. And then later on, recently mm. now, I've built, I've been married for four years in April. And recently I've started to feel a bit more secure mm. in myself. Like, yes, my body looks different and it's fine. It's actually okay. <laughs> um, and it started to make me a bit more confident. I've started to wear things that are a bit out of my comfort zone, which I loved. Um and my husband can also see the difference mm. with, my, with my relationship with my body and how it's changed our sex life in a good way. Yeah. So mm. okay. um, I'll, I'll go a bit mm. personal. So before, um, I, would, I would say, like, I'm only having sex in the dark, like, no lights, no nothing. Because um, I don't want you to see me because I don't feel attractive. And Elon couldn't be bothered. Like, Elon would probably yeah. jump me if I looked like, a teletubby like he's, he's not concerned um and recently it's been a bit more out of my comfort zone um not in the dark you know it, and it's been it's been great um so I definitely feel there's a change I think it's also because I've just decided to howl with everyone's expectations of even what my body should look like because apparently they have an opinion about your body as well um and I'm just going to stop letting it affect my life and it's not like a, a switch that I can turn on and off, but it's definitely a process and it's definitely getting better, I think. So, and I'm a bit more affectionate with my husband as well. Um, so I definitely think it changes. Yeah. Changes for the better. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Yeah. I definitely am feeling like I'm growing yeah. a bit more into my own body definitely feeling a difference in my hormones yeah. how I feel about myself and yeah I did there's definitely some other things I can think about like I mean I don't really have a specific okay. style and when I think about wanting when I think about dressing up and that kind of thing I definitely have a certain style in mind um, but I I, I don't <laughs> have that yet <laughs> honestly I don't um, I'm just I'm I'm a baggy short or okay. a flexor pants, no bra, ah, my top kind of girl. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, can we please just talk about the no bra movement and how fantastic it's been since coronavirus? I hate bras now. I, just, I think I hate my bras. A bra now. My bras miss me. My bras honestly miss me. Uh, it's just it's just in my drawer and they get washed like well they hardly ever get washed anyway. <laughs> uh, so you, where were we actually so with your body, going into your body, you feel like uh, but but when you dress up you have a version of what it must look like. Yes, 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 something to that effect. So like I 
maybe just because I prefer just being in my natural self, you know, and that is basically commando and just, I like just laying in the bed naked and just feeling comfortable and that kind of thing. But when I have to go out and I have to actually think about what I dress and how I look like, it's again that whole expectation of, you know, you need to look a certain yeah. way in public at least, where my perfect world would be if we can all just walk naked and not judge each other, that would be great. But then again, we don't live in yeah. a, yes, I'd be very happy if I don't have to think about Same. wearing clothes and looking presentable. Um and you, do you do that thing where, like, if you go to Woolworths, you oh, feel like you have to dress a little bit better? Oh, my word. I feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, like I was, it was so funny. I was, I... I feel like I don't belong. <laughs> I went to Woolworths. Uh, yeah, no, me too. I once went to um, Woolies one time. So before my marriage ceremony, I... I uh, went to buy, uh, I wanted to buy a Chanel perfume and Woolworths had a sale on their perfumes. But I was wearing just a raggy old dress and flip-flops. And I'm walking into Woolies and I'm going to the Chanel counter and I'm like, damn, you know, and the, the lady who's, the sales lady looked better than me. I had no makeup. My hair was all like, Cruz and shit and like I'm wearing this raggedy old thing that has like one or oh. two holes in it and <laughs> and I'm buying like um, an almost 3,000 rand perfume <laughs> and I'm just like oh, okay and <laughs> and I'm like okay so this is happening but I mean I just felt so dressed down for that whole moment I felt like that was a moment in my life you know it was my first very expensive perfume that I decided I'm gonna yeah. buy out of my own you know I had save money for this thing I felt like I should have actually dressed up for this occasion I should have put on like a nice jean with a nice blouse you know I have a nice little silk blousey you know and got my hair done and I was just but um, when I think about all that effort just to go to a shop um I get tired (laughs) I'm already tired thinking about it so but I just feel like when you go to certain shops like you need to dress a certain way and it's like okay you know but I think I'm Oh, I think I'm slowly letting that go because I just feel like, who cares? (laughs) Only me. Only me. So I need to just (laughs) stop. (laughs) Exactly. And just wear what I want. And I look, sometimes I look look at some women who um, are like in their 40s, maybe 50s, and you can see they have a definite sense of style and how they carry themselves. You can you can see that, okay, they're comfortable in their bodies and they're confident. I'm like, I need to get there. Yeah. And I want to get there. But me and Speedy Gonzalez, Quicksilver that I am, I'm like, I want to uh-uh. be there, but I want to be there put now. Put in the work. <laughs> but I... you got to... I was putting the... Yeah. It's hard, like, yes. the baby steps but, getting yeah. started. Like, even you should know, like, of self-love, it's difficult. It's difficult to stop putting yourself first, you know? It so, is difficult. It's gonna take a while. It's yeah. very difficult. It's so gonna take a while. So yeah. I am looking at this article online and why is my internet so slow now? <laughs> now that I wanna read it, it's so slow. Anyways, but I basically just wanna go through this list ten life okay. lessons to excel yeah. in your thirties. And I quickly go Mark Manson, okay. it's on markmanson.net. 
I just want to make you go through them and then we can either laugh or we can be like, ah, okay. or we can be like, hmm, Let's do or we it. can be like, that's good. So, yes. Okay, so start saving for retirement now, not later. Start Ooh, saving. That's a goodie. That's a good. Yeah, for retirement. That's a good idea. Besides pension. Besides pension, yeah. So you get, you know, like you get um, these retirement yeah, I, unit trust accounts. You know, you I can't draw money from it. I should do oh, that. Yeah. And it's not, you know, the younger you are, the oh. cheaper it is. Because I remember when I was, when I was still in my young 20s, when I was 24, 25, I, at, I don't know why, I was at Standard Bank and then they said I must speak to some advisor person. I don't know how I got myself in that whole situation. Anyhow, so this woman basically was advising me that if I put about 250, 250 rand away a month, by the time I'm about 60, 65, I would have um, accrued almost just under 900,000. So let's just say to round it off a million. I would have had a million in a fund, in this unit trust fund. Um, that is minimum, it's not minimum growth, it's moderate growth and it's got to do with the stock exchange but it's not okay. It's not big loss so I was like, hey, that's kind of cool and I mean, no. isn't a lot no, no, no. in the grander scheme of things yeah. but me, me being 24 years old, I was like, yeah, but 250, you know, that's a bottle of churn, <laughs> you know <laughs> my stupid ass 23 year old so How you were thinking one bottle of gin a month, so, really? Yeah. Not really. I was just thinking to myself, I need cash flow. And, you know, every now and then I would go out and I would spend more or less 250 okay. to 300 rand when I went out. And usually that entailed alcohol, you know, and, and food. So, I, But I was just saying to myself, like 250 on average is about a bottle of gin and I was just like, no, nah, I'm not going to. And that's just a monthly payment. It's not even a, it's just a monthly payment. So I was just thinking, you know, if I had to use 250, why would I want to put it in a, a retirement thing yeah. for only to it paid out later? But now, 29 going to 30, I'm like, I was a But at 24, who thinks of these things? <laughs> yeah. That's also the truth. But yeah, start okay. saving for retirement now. That Step is a very good advice. Check. Uh, okay. Yes. Start taking hello. care of your health now. We yeah. this. Hello. Mental health, physical health, yes. everything. Sleep better, exercise, yeah. eat better, all of that. Don't spend time with people Sugar. who don't treat you well. Sugar. Yes. Yes. On point. This guy is showing these things. Learn how to say no to people, activities, and obligations that don't bring value and to your life. I thank you. Hello. <laughs> yeah, yes, for I sure. stand for that. I stand for that. Because people can drain you. People can just like Be take good so them. much from you and then they leave oh. you dry. Yeah. Totally. I oh, you. my goodness. Um, four. Be good to the people you care about. So show up with and for your friends that matter to you 
because you matter, but your presence in their lives okay. apparently okay. also matter. But you apparently enforced oh. the boundaries though at the same time. That yes. seems like a tricky one. So be good to the people you care about. And then it says further, show up with and for your friends. You matter and your presence matters. Conversely, while enforcing stricter boundaries on who we let into our lives, many readers advise making more time for those friends and family that we do decide to keep close. Okay. okay. Yeah, we can I think that makes sense. Yeah. 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 For my listeners out there, I'm just I'm going to put this in the in the blurb. I'm going to put this link in, and you guys can check this article oh, out. Well. Uh, number five, you can't have everything. Focus on doing a few things oh, really well. That is the oh, truth. You know, when I started studying at Stellenbosch, mm. uh, Dr. Kleber van Loo, um, him and I had a discussion because I wanted to do a play therapy course. And he told me, first, focus on developing upward. Focus on v- developing vertically. And then focus on developing all the other mm. small things you want to do. So first, get the one goal, the biggest one that you aim for, and then figure out or do anything else you want to afterwards. And I thought that was so profound because I always yes. wanted to do a million things at once. I wanted to be superwoman. I wanted to do it all. And then I realized I was burning myself out. It was terrible. And then when he said, just develop, do one Same. thing at a time. Just do one thing at a time and do it well. And then when you're done, you can do whatever else you want. And I've heard I've heard that so many yeah. times. I've heard his voice just saying, just do one thing at a time. And two years ago or a year ago, I finally did the play therapy course that I wanted to <laughs> all those years ago. It was so good. So Lovely. I think doing one thing at a time is so underrated, but you can't do it all at once. You must have patience with yourself. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so that is like, you can't have everything. Just focus on doing a few things really well. The one focus thing, on yeah. that one thing. And, yeah. I mean, this guy writes here that he says that in his 20s, he had a lot of dreams and he believed he would be able to get it done. However, he had to trade in a few things in order to get the one major thing that he needed. Yeah. So, yeah. Everything in life everything. is a trade-off. Sacrifice is everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Number six. Don't be afraid of taking risks. You can still change. Ah, oh, that is so cool. That is so You can true. still change. Is this the author yeah. of The Subtle Art of Not Giving yes. a Fuck? Ah, uh, yes. Yes, I did Mark that Manson. Book. That's a good book. Yeah. I love that book also, but I still didn't learn much. I mean, I learned from it, but I'm not using any of those I think um, <laughs> It's just, I just love this writing. I know. And it reads well it's always and reads good. Quickly, you yeah. know, but then you need to actually read it again through and you actually have to make, like for me, I'm one of those people, I actually have to make notes and yes. I have to practice those things. And I think that's, that's the other thing, you know, it, it takes so much time Ooh. to develop yourself. And we yeah, mustn't be in a rush. To... I agree. But anyhow, said, but you said this just now also. You said like, 
you know, it takes time yeah. to love ourselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he says, don't be afraid of taking risks. You can still change. He said, while by age 30, most feel they should have their career dialed in, it is never too late to reset. Okay, you make me feel better about my life. Um, <laughs> individuals that I've seen with the biggest regrets during this decade are those that stay in something that wow. they know is not right. It is such an easy decade to have days turn into weeks and into years, only to wake up at 40 with a midlife crisis for not taking action on a problem, problem they were aware of 10 years prior wow. but failed to act. Because 10 wow. years is a long time. So that's actually quite powerful. That's actually quite powerful because I'm just thinking to myself, I, I'm stressing about not having built a career at all this last, you mm. know, six, seven, eight years. Meanwhile, I'm actually sort of laying a foundation to doing what? actually yeah. something that I really want to do. Imagine, imagine you were in a job about. that you didn't like. How miserable would you have been? And to be honest, you know, I was working in the media industry for about three, four years and I hated it. And then I left, I left it and I was studying law and I'm enjoying studying law. And it scares the hell out of me that I'm almost done with my degree, even though it took me so long, but it scares the hell out of me. But I know that that yeah. is the right thing because I don't know who said it, but they said when something scares you, that's And boy, would they right. Yeah. I know that I'm there. Yeah. yeah. Does, does your profession, does it Definitely. Like, it's I love my job. Thing. I love, love, mm-hmm. love my job. Like, I pray for my children. I love my job so much. But because I've been wanting mm-hmm. to pursue my PhD and I've had my master's um, and I did lecture part-time during lockdown last year, um, I just don't think it was for me. Mm. Um, so now I'm like... Mm. if lecturing is for me <laughs> hi the level of disrespect <laughs> anchor.fm is great but the level of disrespect of how they just kicked us off is just hmm Anyway. <laughs> they didn't even uh, sorry about that to my listeners uh, NKFM just basically kicked us out of our recording because apparently we are speaking too much So, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to add this episode to this it's basically going to be part 2 but I don't know how much longer we're going to talk but anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you the same? Um, yeah so I thought uh, like with my career like I really thought I'd be in an office by now whatever um, and with my, if I got my PhD, as far as I can tell, I can only lecture or go into an office. And I lectured during lockdown for a while, and I don't think it was for me. And now I'm thinking, like, is being in an office for me? Like, am I doing the right thing? But I have time. Mm. I must realize I have time, and I can change it if if I'm not happy, and it's okay. Yes, it is yeah. okay. As number seven says, number seven life lesson says, you must continue to grow and develop yourself. Mm. So, yeah. So if you want to change, grow and develop. Yep. 
yeah, I actually um, felt the need to do this, I think, in November. Yeah, November. Or what's the month before November? October. Yeah. Um, I joined a sewing class um, and I felt it was amazing. It was so good. Um, and I was suppo- I'm supposed to start to model, um, but my teaching, my sewing teacher has COVID, so we have to wait a bit. But I definitely mm. wanted to develop myself a bit more. And so I joined sewing class. It's great. That is so much fun. It was so that much fun. So, because my grandmother, she's a dressmaker. And Ooh. when she comes to visit me, then I'll take my mom's machines out because my mom had machines. And so like once she came over for one weekend and she was teaching me how to make clothes. And it was wow. so much fun. Just the basic stuff like overlocking and then sewing, how to cut and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. And I was actually telling my husband, like, you know what? Because I have this very simple dress, but it's really old. And, it's, you know, what you have, everyone has that little dress that you just throw over, but it's so old, it's got holes everywhere, but you just love it. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. But you can't, you can't wear it in public, but you're at home. No. With it. And I, you know what? I need to go to the material store, get a couple of meters, because it's such a simple design. It's just a straight cut, you know. And just and, sew it together. Yeah. And, go. Do and it. then you have your, like, couture-like design. So, yeah. My own it's dress. such a good feeling to, like, try something new and fail and succeed and fail and succeed. And then you learn something new. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. But, yeah, developing yourself is, and growing is just essential. I'm really enjoy. I joined the gym recently, and the gym that I go to is a swimming pool, and I'm really loving my. Um, I don't do swimming lessons uh, because I had swimming lessons when I was a kid, so I don't really need it. But I went back into the pool after what? I'm 29 now, so what? It's been 20, 22 years. <laughs> Yeah, it's been 22 years uh, <laughs> since I had actual swimming lessons and, you know, just doing laps and things like that. Um, and I'm tutoring myself from over watching YouTube videos and I'm timing myself. I'm taking note of my breathing. I'm practicing my strokes and I'm so loving it. And I just, I forgot how much I loved swimming as a kid and I'm feeling like a kid again. And that oh. is just... It is just so much fun. I and I can't remember when last I felt like a kid, you know. It's just, you it's know, just. Ah, this is something nice about it. I'm so glad. You know, hearing things like this just makes me so happy because everything about life is so serious, and you just need to play sometimes. And one of my friends, um, she started cross teaching and embroidery mm. and stuff and I was like you know I'm actually so scared to start something new because I'm so scared I won't be good at it and she said you don't have to be good at it you just have to enjoy it and that was yep. enough for me you yes. just have to enjoy it and that's all that matters exactly yeah. so yeah that and that is I think also part of growing and developing or just growing and growing in love with yourself just enjoy what you're doing just enjoy what you're doing. You don't have to be the best. You just have to try. And that's okay. Exactly. And I think that ties into number eight because number eight says, the lesson number eight is nobody and still in brackets. So nobody still knows what they're doing. So get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awfully reassuring. 
very much because sometimes so. I feel so intimidated when I see people my age and they've got two kids and a house and a car and I'm just like oh my gosh I should be doing this and then, um, then yeah. I think to myself but I don't want it <laughs> I don't want I know. it like there's a, a, a high school um, I'll say acquaintance of mine and she has four kids already and wow. four boys and I actually said to an Insta, I sent her a DM and I said, you know, you are one of the, like, the most super, super womanist that I know because having <laughs> boys is not easy and you're not even sitting no. here. You're so brave. And I was like, I'm, I'm too selfish to have children, you know. But I was saying, yeah. I don't know how you do it, you do it. And, you know, she makes it look she... so effortless. But, like, what did she say when you asked her that? How do you do it? What did she say? Well, she said that she's got amazing support. And it's um, coming back to what you see. I mean, she has an amazing husband and she's got family members and friends that support her. And yeah, but I mean, I, but I get so inspired by her and her bravery because four young little boys is not easy. Uh-uh. It's a no for me. I won't even take on a third dog, let alone one child. Uh-uh. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But anyways, but she, she, in my opinion, is a superwoman, so. And I, I, I saw her in the mall one day in passing with the kids, you know, and she had she had the two little one, the two eldest walking side by side. I think the eldest, I don't even think he's 10 yet. So the other two were walking side by side. The other one, I think she was pushing the pram, and then the little baby, just a few months old, I think, was in her little carrier thing in front of her that she carries on her body. So I was like, damn. And I was just like, hey, I just waved. And she's like, hey. But I could see, you know, she's really busy. She's got these kids and they're in momentum. And it's like, if I have to stop where you go, I am not going to get these kids where I need them to be because I got them where they are now. And I'm just, I was just like, I totally understand. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I know. But this is something that I think also for maybe another podcast is how um, childless women relate to women that have that are mothers and how we talk to each other because I feel like there's this great divide almost like um it's like I don't know I don't know if you feel it but it's almost like you don't have children so you don't know what it's like and I feel like yeah. mm, I I get it I also know I understand but mm, do I but I like if you don't don't throw me into that category of like you will never understand or you don't know. Yeah. But again I feel, I feel very insulted like, when people tell me that because of my job I work with two hundred kids a week. So mm. like I will never tell you how to discipline your child or how to raise your child because I absolutely have no idea what that's like. But mm. if you're asking me something like how do I get my child to do homework or stuff like that and mm. I give you advice because you've asked. Mind you, I will never give you advice if you don't ask because no one has time for that. Mm. But um, so when I give you advice and you go, oh, that will never work. And I'm like, I've been doing this for seven or eight years now. I know children. I understand learning styles and teaching styles and what certain children prefer. So I don't understand what. It's almost like, I, because I don't have children, I can't be trusted. Mm. But I'm with 200 children a week, so maybe maybe you should listen. Maybe 
there's some value mm. in what I have to say. Like you might not be able to use the whole advice I'm giving you, but I'm sure mm. I'm helpful. I hope I am. <laughs> and that's the thing. Um, or maybe like help us to understand you then, you know, don't just yes. you know, discard us. Yeah. Even though we like don't I've have children. Help me understand. Help. Like I've got yeah. this one friend, um, she was actually metanoia in our first year and then she left to a house. Um, and she always says that if I'm wrong, then tell me. Mm. You know, if you don't like what I'm saying, then tell me and it's fine. We don't have mm. to have a whole fallout and confrontation. We can just talk. So I think exactly. that's the thing. I think people are not ready to communicate about this miscommunication yet. Mm. So, but I think I it will think. be such a nice conversation to have. And maybe I should ask um, this person if she's willing to do a podcast with me and maybe you and maybe somebody else that has kids. We can maybe just have this discussion about what is it like to be a mother? What is it like to not be a mother? What is it like to see if you're a mother of so many kids or you have a young baby, but you see yeah. somebody, your peer who doesn't have kids, what are your feelings about it? You know, and so that, that I think would be an interesting conversation. So I think that I'd, yeah. I'd love that. How many podcast ideas did we come up with now? <laughs> like three or four. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to this thing. And, and that's but, down. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah okay sure. and so lesson, lesson number nine is invest in your family because it's worth it so spend oh, wow. more time. okay yeah it's a different relationship when you're an adult uh, and it's up to you how you redefine your interaction yeah so that's that's nice yeah invest in your family that's definitely a challenge for myself i will take that mm. yeah I mean, I, I'm, I'm investing time with my brother because I'm realizing he's turning into a young adult. He's not a child anymore. I don't have to be the big sister in the sense yeah. of I have to like, like hover over him. Although sometimes I feel like I have to at least just, you know, <laughs> poke him in that direction now and then. Like, yeah. dude, did you shower today? You know, because I don't know about yeah. boys, but they just don't like showering for whatever reason. Ew. I don't know. Yeah, I've got, I've got two brothers. They're, they're twins and they will be 25 this year. And it's, mm. it's, it's a struggle. Like things that came naturally to us at that age, they just, they don't, they're not concerned with and it's okay for them. They're like, I don't upset. get it. I saw like the other day, I saw he washed his hair. So I'm like, oh, did you wash today? And he's like, I only washed my hair. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> How do you wash your hair and not your whole body? Like don't you, you just do it in the shower? Like, I'm just like, why don't you just do the whole process at once? That doesn't make I sense. Know. I don't know. I just, I can't deal. That's our podcast for the other day. Okay, bye. <laughs> but invest in your family and spend time with them. Get to know them. Yeah. But being a sibling as adult is, as an adult, is very interesting. It's a very different dynamic in the relationship. And I think that's, I think it's fun. Because my brother yeah. and I are sort of, we're kind of nerdy together. Because he's, he's okay. like a big, like, Marvel Universe. Oh, wow. DC, uh, comic, comic boy kind of guy. Like, he's been okay. money on comic books and stuff like that. And, and he's into, like, TV and film and movie making and these thematic. We, we talk oh, wow. a lot about 
he's in movies and different movies and stuff like that. Mostly because he wants to be a filmmaker, so he's really into that. Visual storytelling, that's kind of his thing. It sounds like fun. And it is a lot of fun. He actually, he and I were discussing, we actually want to make a podcast. Because I've never watched all the Marvel movies. I don't understand the Marvel universe at all. I don't know what the hell that whole thing is about. You and me both. <laughs> I mean, I probably watched, of all the movies, I probably watched like four or five of them. I'm, you know, and I have no interest in it. But yeah. he was to educate me. So I said, you know what? For the sake of podcasting, because this is something I want to do, why don't we do a podcast yes. where I watch one of the movies and then we discuss it and you like teach me and I tell you in my very cynic point of view why I feel like it's silly. But yeah, because I told him, I, I think Marvel shit is silly. Like why invest all this time? And oh no, like, you're going to upset a lot like, of people. I know I'm going to upset a lot of people. And that's kind of the point. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's learn together. Yes, but let's learn together. And I might actually learn something about it. Because he's like, it's yeah, so much you... deeper than just, you know, superpowers. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, apparently it's super complicated. <laughs> and what you see in one movie is like a result of years of history. That's not even real. Um, but it informs so much. It's crazy. Elon's also into this kind of thing. And I'm just like, no, mm-mm. it's too uh... much. Yeah. <laughs> But like, I mean, uh, it would be interesting to learn. And I think because I've learned some some of Marvel and the characters and from where they came from, whatever, it gives you a different appreciation for it. But I still think it's silly. I think it's That's silly. But, I, I, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to learn with him. I'm excited to uh, share with him. I'm excited to bond with him. And it ties in with the thing of investing time with your family. Mm-hmm. So I think that's Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then number 10, be kind to yourself, respect yourself, be (sighs) selfish, and do something for yourself every day. Something different once a month and something spectacular every year. And I think that should be what we should leave this podcast with. Be kind to yourself and respect yourself. Yeah. Because the world is... I like him. I like him a lot. Awfully blunt, but I like, but I like yeah. So blunt, but so true. You were saying, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh. Uh, be, like, to be kind to yourself is such a challenge um, because of everything in this world. <laughs> yes. But I definitely think it's worth practicing because I've definitely become more at peace with myself since I've started to put myself first. And I like mm. it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's no one who cares about or thinks about you than you. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah. I think it's it's such an underrated thing, um, but how you care about people isn't how they care for you. Like, they, have, they care differently. Mm. But I think because they care for you differently and you care for them differently, according to them, it's like there's room to put yourself first and we shouldn't feel yeah. bad for it. Because they're already expecting all these things from you. So you can take some time to be selfish, you know? Mm. It's okay to say no. It's okay. And if they are expecting things from me, then they must relax. (laughs) Yeah. It's like somebody I learned recently, somebody was saying that no is a full sentence. 
I would like to, I love that. No actually, is a full sentence. I had a disagreement. My friend's husband asked me to do something for him and I said no. And when I said no, I said, I'm saying no because this is something I actually can't do for you, but here are the instructions for you to be able to do it for yourself. And he got so upset with me, he started calling me names. And I said, <gasps> you are, a, I know, I was so shocked. And I got, I got upset, but then I thought, actually, he might not know. And I said, it's okay for me to say no. I'm allowed to say no, I told him. And then he yeah. got upset with me and whatever, but me and my friend are fine. <laughs> so it's okay. She understood <laughs> what I meant. <laughs> yes. So you are allowed to say no, and that's okay. Yeah, and it's a full sentence. You don't even and have to explain yourself. And I still do that sometimes, you know, because of that whole guilt thing that I'm dealing with. So, yes. yeah. I only recently started to say, I can't do what, or I, I will just say, unfortunately, I won't be able to make it. But I don't give reasons. Or, yes, we can okay. do this. Um, or if, say, um, I'm invited and I need to RSVP, then I'll just say, and I always found myself explaining why I can't go to an event or go mm-hmm. to a family, like, if there's a brain and dry. And actually, you know, my reasons is I just don't feel like going. Yeah. So, but then I'll make up a lie and say that I have this to do or I've got this to do. Oh. And I'm like, why am I explaining myself and why am I lying about things? I'm not yeah. a liar. I'm going to be deceitful. So just say no, I will, or just say, I won't be able to make it, or I'm not going to come. Finish. You don't need to give a reason. <laughs> I need to remember this and just say no, just today. <laughs> and if they want a reason, then you can say, um, I just don't feel like it. Just be honest. And, and that's reason enough. You know, that should be I have a friend. Enough. I have a friend who, like, if we're going out and she's not in the mood, she'll just say, I'm actually too tired and I don't want to come. And we're like, okay, cool. We are accepting of such think, reasons, you know. Exactly. And I think maybe people actually respond better to some honesty. Sometimes we yeah. just think, you know, we don't want to be so blunt and, you know, hurt people's feelings. But maybe they will actually take it okay. And it's, again, us thinking what other people are going to think. It's not, you know... Us yeah. actually being assertive and thinking from our point of view and saying no and just being like, okay, they must. And we again taking responsibility for how other people should react. And that's bullshit. We must, yes. that's done. We must cut it out. It should be a bit selfish. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, but this is a very good discussion. I mean, we spoke now for an hour and 20 minutes. My goodness. Yeah. That's so, I just want to thank you so much for taking part in my little podcast it's not an experiment I'm trying to build something here something of a brand something of a I don't know but it's this podcast yes it's dedicated to all my weird and wacky thoughts but it's also just about sharing of ideas discussing ideas discussing things about life what's going on in people's brains hence the colors of our mind so many colors I just want to thank yeah. you so much and I just hope that we will have enough listeners <laughs> because I the analytics much. of my podcast is not that great but hopefully it, would have been, it will be good yeah. enough I mean you just started be patient with yourself it's going to be okay yeah. yes and you know I'm, I'm developing I am developing my potential I'm growing you know, all these things that we just learned now. So that's fantastic. <laughs> and if it's one thing I know about you, is that you're not afraid of a challenge. So you will figure it out. 
Yes. I will. Thank you for reminding me that. You know, sometimes I forget that about myself. I forget. It's nice to connect with people that you maybe haven't spoken to for a long time because they remind you of aspects of yourself that you perhaps forgot about. Because so that's we good. Know. <laughs> we know. Let's think. Thank you so much for joining me. And oh, thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. If this is fun. We'll definitely get together again for another podcast to discuss having younger brothers who don't yeah. wash, uh, about oh. marriage, <laughs> and childless, yeah. being childless. Yeah. And yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah, I'm here for it. Thank you okay. so much. This was cool. amazing. All right. <laughs> okay. okay. Bye. Bye, love. Bye. Bye. Yes, so thank you for joining Colors of the Mind. I just want to thank Ilsa Baker once again for her lovely and lengthy contribution to this podcast, this episode three. It was really a treat. Or as I like to call it, this episode, episode 3-0. Anyway. That's me being silly. I just want to plug in some social media. So you can mainly follow me on Instagram. That's where I do most of my promos for Colors of the Mind. And you can follow me at my handle is Terzel, T-E-R-Z-E-L, R Williams. And you can also find me under at Terzel R Williams on Twitter, where I just discuss nothing really much except making fun of things and memes and thirdly i don't use facebook that much so don't worry about facebook but other than that insta is the main guy and you can follow me there and yeah so enjoy your week further i hope you really enjoyed this please if you do follow me on instagram and you have any any feedback regarding the podcast please let me know and if you have a topic that you would like to discuss with me please dm me on instagram and i will get back to you about that and you can feature on my podcast so thank you very much and cheerio bye